in the United States, it is Thanksgiving today. Happy Thanksgiving, even if you don't celebrate it. I hope that you take time to kind of identify everything that you are grateful for this year because that's the only way that you're going to attract more to be grateful for is by being grateful for what you have right now. So, um, but I am grateful for you. All of my listeners, I am so grateful for how this podcast has evolved. I didn't want to leave you today without an episode. So I'm just telling you really quickly what you're about to hear. What you're about to hear is an unedited audio file of a clubhouse room that I ran where we discussed how to stop undercharging and what to do instead. So every weekday morning at 7.05 a.m. Eastern under a club on Clubhouse that I run called Wake Up and Win, I run a room and people come in and we have a different roundtable discussion topic that we discuss uh you know, every weekday. And this is one of them. And I wanted you to hear because so many of you have been like, I wonder what Clubhouse is like. I've never been on it before. What are your discussions like? And this is just one that is really interesting to listen to. I think you're really going to love everybody's takeaways, everybody's thoughts. And guys, I recently led a masterclass for free around this topic. If you missed it, if you weren't able to participate in it, but you want to know how to price and package your services, not only in a way that feels good for you and is sustainable for your business, but also that your audience is excited and eager to buy, you can just click on the link in the show notes and you can get all of the materials from that masterclass for free no worries. Like my gift to you, I want you to feel really good about this. So as you listen to this discussion, you'll you'll hear us talk about the masterclass. You'll hear all kinds of topics that are covered in the masterclass. So if that's of interest to you, feel free to click in the show notes, go ahead, find it, get it, it's yours. And then let me know what you think. But I really hope you love this discussion. And if you do, and you want to join us in future rooms under this club in the morning, and I run rooms at other times, but what you're hearing is my morning room, 7.05 a.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. I've also put the link to that club in the show notes so that you're able to go find it, follow the club and get notifications for whenever we have these discussions. So again, unedited, the audio quality is not going to be great. It is a file that is directly downloaded from my phone from this discussion, but you're still going to enjoy it. You're still going to be able to get many takeaways that you're going to implement in your business, hopefully immediately so that you can see some big results. And then guys, next week, Next week is episode 100. Woot woot. So I hope you'll join me because you know it's going to be a lot of fun. So happy Thanksgiving and I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita business strategist, speaker, and success coach, also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine the conversation? Yeah, it'll be that real. Hi, Rita. Hello. How are you? Good. Did you I can add this to my Insta story, can't I? Let me do that. What'd you say? Hey, I want to add this to my Insta story. 
Yeah, I think you can. Hey, Catherine. Hello. How are you? I'm excited to be here in the afternoon. I, I haven't been online in the afternoon on Clubhouse, <clears throat> and at least in my own room for for a while. And I'm excited for the replay of this and using the feature and and all of that. So, um, hello, John. Hi. How are you? So we'll see. It's been a while, right, since Rita has been on in the afternoon so i have no idea who's gonna pop in the room live or not but i figure we can still have the conversation and leave it up on replay for people to to find and then i think we can and stephanie tell me if i'm wrong at least i disappeared trying to share this on instagram but we can share this after right like we can share a link to the replay right yes you can yep you just yeah. go down to the your profile and then find the room and then click on. Okay. All right, cool. So it's just us for now. <laughs> I'm going to look and see. I'm, I haven't had to ping people into a room either in a while. So I'm like looking at all the, all the features now and getting it in. But I think we'll just start. We'll just start talking. And, um, and this really came up. And the reason that I wanted this to live on a replay was because it, for those of you who are listening on the replay, uh, we run a room, the three of us uh, run a room called Wake Up and Win. It's like the club is called Wake Up and Win, and the room is called Beyond the Elevator Pitch. And we run it every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. But a lot of people say that that's a very inconvenient time for them. And we had a great conversation the other day around raising your rates, raising your your prices, like when do you know that it's time to raise your prices? How do you price things? Like how do you even come at it? What are your challenges? What are your thoughts around it? And that led us to, well, that led to me getting a lot of uh, messages from people saying, hey, like I missed that conversation and people said it was really good. And so I was like, okay, we'll try to have this conversation again in the afternoon. I'll definitely use the replay feature and then that way people can come back in and listen to it at their leisure. And so Lisa, I'll start with you. If you want to introduce yourself to, uh, I see Madi is here and then everybody on the replay say hi, let everybody know who you are. But I'd love to know after we had that conversation the other day around pricing, if you were to answer that now, like in terms of what is your strategy for approaching pricing or what is a tip or a suggestion that you give to people, especially based on that conversation, what would you like to? Well, hi, Rita. So good to see you guys in the afternoon when we're not half asleep and I'm not walking the dogs. Yay. So, um, hey, everybody, for those who are watching the replay, Lisa Nichols, founder and CEO of Tira Strategies, a social media marketing company. And, you know, I think for me, it's pricing is always a challenge. And I feel like it's always I'm always looking at my pricing and making sure that it, it works. But I always, you know, going by um kind of the experience, I think in the beginning, we all tend to price ourselves low, right? Because we just don't understand. But then as time goes on, we increase our prices. And I always loved what you had said to me once about if you're getting all yeses, your rates are too low. And I was doing that for a while. I was just getting all yeses and I was killing myself. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, I've got to raise my rates. So I did it. And so now if I get about a quarter of the yeses of people I speak to, I figure I'm doing okay with my pricing. And that's what my goal is to do. But I always look at, I always try and figure out and also back up in, in a mathematical way. What do I want to make? Like, I know about how much work I do for each account that I bring in, right? So I always look at what 
what I want to pay myself hourly, what I have to pay out to my VAs and fixed costs and factor all of that in to be sure that my rates are where they need to be to sustain my business because that's the first thing. If I can't do that, then it doesn't work. So that's just the beginning of this conversation for me. Back to you, Rita. I love the starting with the end of mind, which is like, how, how much money do I want to be making in my business, both to cover my expenses and also to generate a profit. And those are when I'm one thing that I'm kind of talking about here and sprinkling through are five, five different situations where you can kind of tell that you're under pricing and it's time to raise your rates. Two of those times you just mentioned, number one is, you can't pay the expenses of your business. Like if you can't cover the expenses of your business, it's time to, it's time to raise your rates. But here's the thing that's kind of surprising and kind of not. A lot of people can't tell that they're not able to cover their expenses because they're not really separating their funds. And so what they end up doing, money into the business all goes into the same account. It's like personal money and personal bills and business bills are getting paid and money maybe from other sources is coming into that same account outside of the business. And it just ends up being that you're paying things as they come in and then you're paying things out and it feels like you have money to cover everything. But when you really separate it out and you sit down and you go, wait a minute, what are the actual expenses in my business? And then what is the amount of money I'm actually generating in my business? It's, it's incredible how many people when they see that on paper go, Oh my gosh, I actually thought every month I was making enough money to cover my expenses, but I really, I really wasn't like, I mean, I, there's a deficit here. And so number one is, you know, if you're not able to cover your expenses, you're undercharging, you need to raise your rates. And number two is maybe you're breaking even. That's cool. But the definition of a business is to generate a profit. You have to, you have to generate a profit legally. Like after a certain amount of time, if you haven't generated a profit, the IRS, at least in the United States, and I'm not a tax you know, experts. So please, this is not tax advice, but like writes you off as a hobby. And so you have to also be generating a profit. So those are two very clear instances where you can tell your prices are too low. Number one, you can't cover your expenses. Number two, you can, but you're not generating a profit. So I love that you, you kick us off there, Lisa. Stephanie, I'll turn it over to you and I see Andy, you've joined us. Feel free to raise your hand and just come up and chat. We're just having that conversation around, you know, are your prices too low? Uh, how do you know? When should you raise your rates? Like when should you increase your pricing? All of that, if you wanna come up and join us, feel free. Um, but Stephanie, over to you. Why don't you say hi to everybody here and on the replay and then also um, let us know kind of what are your thoughts around pricing, increasing pricing, any, any tip or strategy or thought that you want to kick us off? Hey, hello. Nice to see you during or see you hear you during this time of the, the day. So I'm Stephanie for most of the people on the replay since all of you here know me, but I'm Stephanie and I'm the founder of the organized flamingo. And we help people be and stay more organized. So one of the things that I one of the biggest tips that I, I would have because of this was a lesson learned was to be really open with your clients um, about what your rates are. Like just not that I, you know, I, I, here's, here's the story behind it. It's a quick one here, but I, they knew how much I charged, you know, we signed a contract. So this is at the, especially at the beginning, like they knew how much I, I, I charged, but the more work 
in my, especially in my field, the more work that you have with them, the more hours it's going to be, right? And you never know what you're going to get into. Like for me, you can, you can come in, especially the in-person houses, you go in or businesses and you go in and you're like, okay, you know, I, I'm estimating, guesstimating that it's going to take 10 hours. And in the contract that says that it's going to take about 10 hours at this much per, per, per hour. And so then you'd come up to the 10 hours and, you know, then I'd say, Hey, it's going to take a little longer. My, one of my biggest mistakes at the beginning was that I didn't in the contract, I didn't say guesstimate, you know, that this is an estimate and that we will let you know. Uh, Now I have it in the contract where I'll say, um, as we start as soon as we know if there's any changes to the hours and the services, we will let you know as soon as it comes up. And so then I let let them know and say, Hey, it's going to take like five more hours. So do you approve? And then they approve or not. And then they, you know, they sign off an order form for that. But that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned. And with, when I started to notice that that was happening more and more, and of course they were upset. I mean, I don't blame them. They'd be like, well, why didn't you tell me? I started to realize that I wasn't charging enough because I was getting aggravated. I was getting upset that it was taking me this long to do this really hard job and a physical job sometimes, no matter what luxury, you know, what kind of luxury client I had. Sometimes it was just a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of hours. And I was becoming resentful that I wasn't making a profit because A, I wasn't telling them. I, I ended up going over the hours and then having to sometimes pocket that because I didn't tell them ahead of time. So lesson learned. If you do have a, 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 a job or a um, business where you have, when you have a certain amount of hours that you're guesstimating in your contract, I would highly suggest that you put in, you know, guesstimate. That's not my legal word, but put in that it's an approximate amount of hours. And then two, that you, as soon as you know how long it's going to take, you will let them know and then let them know. But, um, but you know, that's just lesson learned. And then the third is just, like I said, um, that's when I realized I was becoming resentful and I was not charging enough. I so love that. I love, I, I love that way of kicking us off there too. At that, the, the language and the way that you present the pricing, the investment to potential clients becomes so important in the situation that Stephanie talked about and also others, the way that we present it, the energy behind it, the words, the phrasing like can make or break that relationship from that moment. So thanks for uh, contributing that too. Everyone who's come in, we're just having a conversation around like, are your prices too low? And I'm giving five times, I'm talking about five times that, and there are more than this, but five main situations where chances are good if you spot these situations, you're charging, you're undercharging, you need to charge more. But we're also just having a roundtable conversation kind of around, you know, when do you know that it's time to increase your prices? How do you go about that? How did you ever come about charging the rate that you charge? What was your very first moment where you ever charged money? Like, do you want to share that experience and what happened? What struggles do you have? This is kind of an open conversation around any element that comes with pricing your services uh, in any way, initially raising them, uh, all the obstacles and challenges that come along with running a business and charging. There are lots of mindset and strategy and all kinds of things. So I love what Lisa and Stephanie have already contributed. So feel free if you want to contribute as well. You're you're always welcome here. But um, Andy, good after, I was about to say good morning. It's so weird to be here in the afternoon. Good afternoon, Andy. Guys, Andy is a uh, grief expert and she uh, 
she helps healing with a heartbreak, you know, a healing heartbreak that comes along with loss or guilt or relationship issues, divorce, trust issues. She runs a lot of programs. You can click on her profile and find out so much about the incredible things that Andy does. But Andy, I would love to know what you'd like to contribute around this conversation on pricing and knowing if you're charging enough or not enough or anything. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, it's weird not seeing you in the morning, Rita. <laughs> uh, hi, Lisa and Stephanie. Um, yeah, well, one thing that I was thinking was that I know for me, I was really surprised how much it actually cost to run a business. And where it seemed like in the beginning, it was really hard to figure out how, how to charge. And it did sort of seem like I was just throwing out a number. But the truth is that there's so much that's involved in terms of like what it costs me to, to get training, what it costs me to be membership, you know, have memberships and associations and all these things that go into actually just being prepared to do the job, <laughs> not even just the time that I'm, you know, face to face with a client. So there's just, there's so much that I was not taking into consideration. And so one, one tip I would have is like literally to just get out pen and paper. I'm old school but get out pen and paper and like write down everything. And even if it's a small number, put it, write it down anyway, because it adds up over time. I can tell you it, it adds up. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is I know for me, and I found this to be true with other people as well, that a lot of times the problem with charging enough really comes down to, believe it or not, a relation, an issue with the relationship we have to money. And I'm a grief expert, so I do see grief in a lot of places that other people might not necessarily see. But there is grief and there is maybe some unresolved issues or, or um, limiting beliefs around money based on experience. You know, and one example is um, some people in a, in a generation older than me, um, where they grew up with parents from the Depression, they have a very different idea of, of saving money and how and just I mean, that's just one example, but how people, how you were raised to think about money, you know, if you were, um, if you had, um, you know, raised by parents that had issues with money, um, in terms of saving, in terms of charging, you know, anything around money, believe it or not, there really are a lot of issues that come up in our relationship to money. And when people address that, it becomes much easier to just allow the natural flow of energy that comes when you charge and an example of the, of the feeling when, when those kind of issues are resolved is when it actually feels good to make a purchase, you know, like that feeling when you bought the, you know, the pair of boots that you've been looking for for years and you, you know, you found the perfect ones or, you know, whatever it is, but to like feel good about making a purchase and feel good about charging. So for me, when I charge, I feel good about the number that I charge. Because I know that it's, well, first of all, it's, that's what it's going to cost for me to even be able to offer these services. But it feels good because I'm giving the other person an opportunity to feel good about making an investment in their own health. So, but that comes, to, like, I, like I said, it, sometimes it comes around the relationship that we have with money. Even though that's a concept um, that might be a little bit weird sounding, that's what I've found to be true. So... Yeah, no, I such a I mean that's such a huge 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 uh point in that our relationship with money 
is one of the key cornerstones of how we go about pricing in our business, right? We make a lot of decisions in our business from a personal place. And that's one of the mindsets that I help a lot of clients kind of overcome is separating ourselves from our business and learning how to untangle that. You have to deconstruct your relationship with money. And so I really, really love that you brought this up because even saying is a question that's enough, what's enough, right? That's relative. That's relative to you. Uh, whether something is expensive or not expensive, that's all relative, right? There isn't a definition, a universal definition of this is the price point where things become expensive and this is the price point where things are not, right? Or, or whatever you want to say, it's all relative. And so our own definitions, our own experience, like shape how we view all of these things and how we have these conversations. So I'm so glad you've kicked us off there as well. Um, and Becky, we're going to turn it over to you. Why don't you introduce yourself to people who are here and also anyone listening on the replay since we have replay on and just dive in. We're kind of having this open conversation. And then I'm sprinkling in guys five times that you can really tell you aren't charging enough, but we're having this conversation on pricing and how we started and how we make our pricing decisions. And when we know it's time to increase and all of that, Becky. So I would love to hear uh, what you'd like to. Hey, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, This is a good conversation and I come at it as somebody who spent um, the last you know, eight, almost nine years of my business, not charging enough. So I run a, who started out just a cooking school here in Iowa, and it's really expanded in this last year. I've made the shift of doing a lot more work of um, mindful leadership and, you know, speaking on vulnerability, mental health, really kind of working with teenagers all um, kind of in up age-wise uh, with how do we address uh, mental health within organizations. That being said, I, um, (laughs) I really struggled to charge for things. And I grew up to what Andy said. I grew up with a mom who, um, also ran her own business and constantly was giving away stuff for free. And so that's kind of the mindset I grew up with. And I really adjusted it. Thanks to a lot of you guys here on clubhouse, to be honest, if I look at where did clubhouse benefit me the most, it was opening my eyes to, how much I was undervaluing what I had to offer. So once I, I realized that, I was like, okay, cool. I need to charge more. How do I do that while still feeling good in that I, you know, I'm, I'm giving back to the community and providing things. And this is how I've, I've kind of found what works for me, which is I increased my prices more than doubled them, but I always still have something I offer for free. So for me right now, it's my free online classes. There's always something that people can get from me for free. And what works out great is it's a way for people who can afford my other stuff to test me out, right? And it's a way for those who cannot afford my other stuff to still come and get a part of the business, right? Enjoy it. And that way too, I let go of any guilt, any kind of like, ah, crap, am I charging you too much? Because I know that I have an offer out there that costs someone nothing at all. And I found that was a lot easier than trying to offer discounts all the time or trying to offer like too many like different options. Simply just cutting out like the cheaper option and just having it be completely free for me was the simplest way and it worked the greatest. So I went about that way. Also just want to bring attention to the fact that 
all those hours and extra stuff we put into things, people don't give a shit about it. They're not going to, they're not going to necessarily want to pay you back for the time you spent training. So do not invest in extra training or extra stuff only with the idea like, ah, okay, now I can charge that much more. Make sure you are getting value out of it and you enjoy doing it because you, you don't know if you will get paid back for that. So if you're hanging your hat on doing something extra training-wise for your career, only with the hopes that you can then earn more money, to me, that, that that's a bit of a folly. So I would always recommend do all that extra stuff, put in that effort into your business because it brings you satisfaction, not so you can then charge. Oh, I love it. It's such a great take. And your business model is so unique that you have so many different viewpoints and and ways that you come at working with people. So I love that you're here for for this conversation. And Rosie, I know you jumped up the other day and wake up and win when we were talking about this. So I'd love for you uh, to introduce yourself to everybody here and also let us know kind of what are some of your thoughts around this? Maybe in relation. Oh, Rosie left. Did Rosie disappear for you guys? Did she get knocked off? She did. What happened? She to her? Oh, there I she don't is. Know. She's back. There she is. She's back. All right, Rosie. Okay. I got back. Good I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but I, I'd love to know, like, what you'd like to contribute around this conversation, in either in regards to your specific prices or in around this conversation in general. But uh, what would you? I, if I may, would like to ask a question, um, if that's possible. Of course, of course. <laughs> awesome. I, I'm very new to this, as you know. Um, so I'm currently offering a freebie, a very, 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 very large freebie because I'm trying to build various freebies, actually. So I'm trying to build my email and all that. My question is, if you are new to business, however, you do have long time of experience, like, you know, eight years of experience doing it as an employee, is there, like, okay, so my question is, when you start, when you set your prices for the first time, how did you go about kind of doing that? Because I feel like, you know, for coaches or for courses or whatnot, the, price, the prices are so varied. And so I'm just curious your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, there is no, there is no universal way to price, right? So I would say, I would say here, one of the best things to do, um, and Rosie, I'm muting you only because I'm echoing back from what I, what I, I can hear myself when I was talking to you. Um, I think that the first place is coming at it from the business standpoint of what are your business goals financially? What do you need to cover your business expenses? What do you need to cover, you know, to, to generate a little bit of a profit, to have the money that you want to have? How many clients are you able to carry at one time? And that's the first place that you kind of start coming up with your rates, which is I have a financial goal of making this much money, right, per year, per month. I can carry this many clients per year, per month. Um, and so that means if I want to make this much money, but I can only work with this many clients or I can carry this many clients, on average, they're going to have to be around X, right? This is where knowing your packages, and this is something, guys, I'm actually going to pin a link at the top because I'm doing a free masterclass on pricing and packaging in general, and we're going to go deep into how to package your offerings, like how to package them up and, 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 and give them in a way that you're able to predict this revenue and this income. So we're not really going into that here, but I'll put a link in that will, uh, let you see how you can join a free class or get the information on that. But I would say that's the first place to start 
Rosie, right? Then the next is what is the value of the result to the person? Oftentimes we look at, well, what is my education worth? And what are my credentials worth? And what is my, but look at the result, the transformation that you're providing to someone. Is it a high level transformation? Is it a low level transformation? Is it somewhere between, right? What is the value of the transformation? And and sometimes you can't put an exact price, obviously, on the transformation, but you can decide whether it's a, like if I teach people how to wake up at five o'clock every morning, cool, that, that could, and it doesn't mean it's not impactful. That could change somebody's life. But overall, that's a low level transformation is just teaching someone how to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and getting them to wake up at 5 a.m. Now, if I give them a, here is the way that you can create a whole system, a whole marketing system, so that you're attracting clients on repeat and making $10,000 a month, like that's a higher level transformation. And it might involve pieces of the lower level transformations, but really knowing the end result like is that a low level, medium level, high level transformation can also then kind of help you start determining pricing, right? But what you're really not charging for necessarily and not the place to start is, well, my law degree education is worth this and my five years in corporate is worth that or my, that's not what people are buying, right? Yes, they're buying you and they're buying you to help them, but they're buying the result. And so you first have to come at it from a business standpoint. What is your business need? And then what is the value to your clients and customers? Then we can work on, and what about these certifications and these trainings and these education and like the the labor and the skill and the fact that you can do it in five minutes as opposed to somebody taking five hours because of all of the, the skill and, and uh, abilities that you have based off all the training. That's kind of like, the third consideration. There is a absolutely, and sorry, I forgot to mention. Oh no, you're fine. Um, no, hopefully that helped, and I love that you're you're asking that question, guys. Feel free to come up and and ask questions, um, as well. You know, I'll, I'll real quickly just go over the five times, and then we can have more conversations around them if any of these come up for you too. But like. The, because we're at the 130 mark, so I want to get them out there. But like, what are five situations when you know you're probably undercharging and it's time to raise your rates, right? Number one would be you've been in business for a while and you haven't raised your rates for a while. I see this all the time. I see this with people who maybe started. Let's let's go with coaching because that's so easy to talk about. But people start a business and they they have a coaching business and they set a rate, let's say they're $500 a month for their coaching or whatever. And then two years later, three years later, they're still at $500 a month for coaching. And I'll ask them why. I'll say, so why, why are you still at the same rate? What's going on there? And they're like, well, Rita, I haven't really changed how I... I haven't changed how I work with people. Um, I'm not giving them extra hours. I'm still giving them the same number of hours. I haven't added any additional bonus features. I'm not doing more. And therefore, I don't really see what I would be charging for. And that's the idea that what we're charging for are features, right? What we're charging for are logistics. And again, the charge, right, the rate that we're charging is really about the transformation and our ability to get them there efficiently, right? And so what happens is as you've been coaching from the beginning of your business, you cut to two or three years later, you are not the same coach you were at the beginning of starting your business. You are more efficient now, you have more knowledge, you have more experience, you're able to have a, a bigger impact on your clients, you're able to do it in a more efficient, impactful way. You have all of the, these things that are internal, especially, that are going on that are a value add. You have more 
not just the experience, but you might have a, a more, uh, I want to say Rolodex, and I know a lot of people don't know what that is, but a lot of access and a lot of, but you have accumulated things over the three years and your rate needs to adjust for that, right? As you have, as your business has grown, you have grown and your rate needs to grow along with that. And so sometimes people start looking at the features and say, well, I'm not adding an additional feature. So why should I charge more? But then again, that's looking kind of at the wrong the, the, that's just a container for how you're delivering what you're charging for, right? As opposed to I'm charging for the container. And so that's number one, right? Number one is, uh, is the idea of, um, of, of making sure that if you've been in business a while and you haven't raised your rates, you're probably undercharging, right? Number two is what Lisa said. You have so much work flowing in and you you just you can't even keep up with it. It's like a faucet that won't turn off, which sounds like a great problem to have. But if your time is maxed out, this is usually the scenario that happens. Your time is maxed out. You have so much business coming through the door, but you can't you can't take it all because your time is maxed out, but you're not generating the revenue you want to generate. So there are a couple of, of pieces, right? One is so much work you're having to turn it away, right? Even if you're kind of at the max level of what you want to generate, number one is why is so much work flowing through the door with ease, with little objection, minimal objections, maybe people just saying sign on like the story I shared the other day in the room in the morning around my lawyer client who found out after I said, I bet you're the lowest priced attorney in your field, in your area, did some research and found out he was indeed the lowest by, by far, the lowest priced attorney in his field in the air, which is why people were flowing through the door and signing on with ease, right? Because he was the lowest priced. So sometimes it's, it's work flowing in, but really the main thing is my time is maxed. There's so much work coming through the door, but I'm not generating the revenue I really want to generate. I haven't reached that max level of revenue I want to generate, but I don't have any more time to be able to do anything additional to generate more revenue, right? Then we have to look at, you might be undercharging. We actually need some people to say no, because then you can actually generate the same revenue that you're generating now, doing it with fewer, right? Fewer clients, fewer customers, and then having the space and the capacity to figure out what else you want to do to scale and to ramp up your income. So that's time number two. Time number three that you're most likely undercharging is when you undervalue what you do. And this was the conversation we had in the room the other morning that took most of the time. So I'm only going to talk about it briefly here, but if we want to talk about it again, we can. And this is that idea that sometimes we take for granted the knowledge and information that we have. It doesn't seem that impactful to us anymore. The more that we help people with it, the more we talk about it, the more it seems like commonplace knowledge. It seems like regular, normal knowledge to us and it doesn't seem like it's that transformative or that impactful and we take for granted that what we think is just like of course like this is just a little fact this is no big deal to somebody else it is a life-changing business-changing nugget of information that you just gave them because we become so familiar with it it seems so normal and commonplace we forget that for other people it is truly a life and business changing moment when they get this information. And if you start undervaluing your knowledge, your information, your expertise, because it's become so rote and commonplace and like it's become so normal to you. So you distance the, the feeling of how impactful it is from you. So you're undervaluing that. 
what you end up doing is undervaluing the transformation people are having as a result of that information. And that's often reflected in your rates, that your rates are now undercharging because you've undervalued the transformation because you've undervalued the impactfulness of the information and knowledge that you have. And then the final two times are what we talked about. If you cannot cover business expenses, you need to charge more money. And even if you are covering business expenses, if you aren't generating a profit, you need to charge more money because the definition of a business is actually about generating a profit. So you're going to have to do that too. So those are five times that you're like, hi, it has been a while. I haven't raised my rates. Um, oh, you know what? Like I, I do have so much business flowing in with no objections. Maybe, I, or my time is maxed out and I'm not making the money I want to make. I need to look at that. Or, hey, you know, I have undervalued. Uh, maybe I have gotten away from really realizing how impactful some of this information is and I'm, I'm devaluing it. I'm, I'm ranking it a little lower uh, of an impact than it's having. And then obviously the business pieces of generating a profit covering your expenses. So those were the five times I wanted to get out. We're free to talk about any of them. You're free to ask any questions that you have around like your pricing and like coming up with initial pricing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I can talk about that as well. But does anyone on stage have anything that they want to contribute or anyone down below want to come on up and talk about this? Like, how did you feel about your prices when you started? How do you feel about them now? Do you still have trouble, like, increasing your pricing or charging what you want? Like, what's coming up for you? would love to have a bigger conversation around this. Hey, I actually just wanted to um, invite the people in um in the audience to come up because I'm sure you guys have some value to add. Gail, Becky, Wiser Tiger, Jen and Jonathan and everybody else. Um, Dr. Tanya Kajia and Ashley. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this because it's definitely a free flow conversation. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, I mean, I have thoughts, but I'll let somebody else speak because I tend to speak a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say it's um, that I'm all about owning, you know, where I know I, I <laughs> could have done things differently where I screwed up a bit. So like I did not guys change my prices for seven years. Like it for seven years, I kept my prices the same. And, um, and then I slowly kind of started increasing it. What I was going to say, and I forgot to mention at the beginning where I'm a bit different. Like, so I'm, I'm not a coach. And so I have an on-site business. I do on-site classes with kids and adults. I also do things online and I sell products. Uh, so I have, I've had to look at pricing, not only as like what Rita said, like what's the value you're offering, but you also, when it comes to pricing products, you have to do your research of what are people paying? Right, like you, I might value the crap out of the soap I make, but if uh, the person, you know, if that's not the going market price, uh, there's not a ton I can do. Uh, the same goes for your location. If you're doing things, if you're dependent on sourcing from those right around you, what somebody is charging in a larger city is in you. If you live in a smaller town, you're going to have to charge differently, and that's just how it goes. So one thing I just caution on is like, if you talk to people, especially on Clubhouse who live all around the country, um, just keep that in mind. They say, oh, I charge this for my course and I get all these people locally who like join all that. Like, just know that those in your area may not be able to afford that. And that's just something I just want to throw out there. I don't know what, Rita, you your, your thoughts on that as far as like teaching people how to best like do their market research locally and 
kind of nationally for that. But that's just going to be something I know when someone was like, oh, you only charge that for your your summer camps for kids? And they're like, well, where I live, they charge this much. And I'm like, yeah, but you live in Southern California. <laughs> and it's very different than Iowa, what people pay. Yeah. So just yeah, you definitely need to do market analysis, right? So here's the difference of what Becky's talking about from what people do. Don't make your pricing based on your competitors, please, because nine out of 10 times your competitors don't know how to price things either. And so they grossly undervalued and underpriced themselves too. And also there is still that relativity piece of, you know, it might not be as many people that want to say yes to the experience that you're providing, but there will be people who value that experience at a different level, right? Or are willing to pay different prices for the same exact thing, because again, that's internal, but you have to do your market analysis of your area and the cost of living and, you know, pricing and all of this stuff for what's going on, especially when you have a regional or geographically based, like, business, you have to look at that. That's a piece of it, 100%. And you have to take that into account. It's like three areas. What does your business need? What do your customers and clients need? What do you need, right? You're doing this whole big Venn diagram overlay. And in the middle is where like the answers lie, right? In the middle. Um, and there's so many moving well, pieces to this. Yeah. And I was saying, so, so good point on that. One thing I want to clarify is that Make sure you also recognize that like you're able to justify why your prices look different than your competitors. Because if you realize like, oh, wow, that person's not charging, like make sure you can back it up. And that's not necessarily with your fancy law degree. Um, you know, like that's not a rude. I didn't mean that, Rita, in like a rude way. But like it's like back it up. Be confident, right? Um, also, encourage those around you guys to charge more. I will message people around here who do like summer camps and especially if they're starting out and I'm like, oh shit, you're charging not enough. I want my competitors to charge more. And like you, I've, I've talked to other business owners who've been like, oh yeah, like I love it. So, and so like, is it like they're, they're not charging much and they like are somehow happy about that because in their head, it means that their competitor is not making as much money as them. And I'm like, no, I said, you got to change the way you look at this. The more your competitor charges, the better that is for you, because that means that you get a charge more as well. So help. Build. So this is, I'm going to jump in. This is Lisa. I think Becky brought up a great point about um, if your rates do look different than your competitors, be prepared to discuss it. I, I mean, I tell businesses right off the front, I don't charge VA rates. You know, I'm more expensive and I tell them if, you know, we have a conversation and I let them know and I feel they hesitate a little bit and I dig a little bit, I'll say, look, I'm, I'm not going to be the same as a VA. If you want somebody to just post your social media posts and not develop your strategy and not continually monitor your account to see what's doing, you know, what it's doing and make adjustments and figure out what works best on a holistic sense, then you don't need me, you know? So I'm always prepared to have that conversation about why my rates look different than someone just posting social. And if they don't understand it, then they're not my client. So I think that that's a really valid point that Becky brought up. And I just wanted to say I mean, not, I'm, I make up statistics all the time, guys. So nine out of 10 times, according to Rita, not backed up by any data at all, but nine out of 10 times, right? Nine out of 10 times, most of like the objections that happen when people say, oh, that's a lot of money or that's too much money or that's too expensive or you're charging too much are simply because you haven't communicated that value very well. And so they don't see the value in what you're doing and they don't necessarily connect the dots to 
the what you're doing and how you're doing what you're doing, getting them to the results that they want. And so sometimes we'll just react to that. Oh, it's so expensive. And we'll be like, oh, okay, never mind. Right. As opposed to, wait, did I do a really good job explaining the value here? So I really do love that you brought that up. And Jonathan, I'm so excited. Like I did an afternoon room for the first time in like months. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited about everything, guys. I'm excited that Jonathan's here. Jonathan, if you don't know, really helps you stand out on video, social media, so that people stop the scroll and want to look at what you're doing. But Jonathan, I would love to know your thoughts. Well, I, I find it interesting because I'm the king of everything is free. Um, so, so I have many, actually, since Clubhouse, I've had to take a look at, obviously, the everything is free strategy and adjust accordingly. But I still do, you know, I go through these things where I'm, I'm like, okay, what are my differentiators? How am I, help, how am I helping people? What am I showing up? and offering people and how does that come up you know for money because when you give everything free like ten dollars seems like a lot to charge for a workshop so um i've been going through the struggle and i appreciate the room um but i think one of the the biggest things that helped me is really identifying and we talked you guys talked about it a little bit is identifying what makes me different and how much that is worth to my clients like what is it that i'm providing to them and how much is it worth to them um and that is sometimes hard to value, but it's allowed me to raise the prices significantly. And even since being here on Clubhouse, where I now am doing Clubhouse is my free, everything else is not free. So, yeah, no, that bucket is so good. Like, guys, this morning in the wake up and win room. So at 7.05 a.m., we always do Eastern. We always do the room. And today we talked about how to differentiate yourself, exactly what Jonathan's talking about. And that was the first time I used replays. So it lives on. So you can find it on the wake up and win group page or on my personal profile at the bottom. If you want to listen to that conversation around differentiating yourself, because what Jonathan says is 100% true. You have to be able to figure out that differentiator, because there are a million business strategists, there are a million social media managers, there are a million everything, but there's only one you, and there's only one person doing it your way. And we talk about that this morning. And and Jonathan, I love what you said around having Clubhouse as your free container. One thing that I have clients do is I, I call everything a container, like a touch point. So it's like, where are you uh, what are the different containers where you're interacting with people, right? So for me, when I first started my business, my Facebook group was pretty much the only container where I was interacting with people. Well, I didn't have a lot of clients when I first started, right? So I gave a lot for free. I gave a lot of value, a lot of training, a lot of information, a lot of whatever for free. But then I started getting clients and I started having, you know, things take off. And so my time, number one, became less. But number two, it started to feel out of integrity to give away for free what people were paying for, right? What my clients are paying for. So I had, I said, I have to create rules around these containers, right? So at first it was, I'll answer all your individual questions in my Facebook group and I will like give all this training and I will give all this information and I will do all of this stuff until, right, that didn't serve me anymore. And then it became, okay, well, I have clients. So now, right, my clients, I only coach the people like in a very specific individual way, people who pay me for that, right? If you want to ask me an individual question, you have to get on the phone with me. You have to have a sales call with me. I have to see what the right fit is for you. Uh, if you're not willing to get on a sales call with me, cool. And if you're not willing to hire me, that's cool. You can go into my Facebook community where I have tons of free training and you can keyword search and you can find almost everything you need. So I love that like 
what Jonathan brought up and what I think makes it easier to charge is actually to have a container where you know you're going to be giving away things for free so that people who aren't going to hire you, there is a place that they can go, but it's not run in the same way. And it's not the same thing that people are paying for. There has to be a difference to that. So um, I think that's such a good point too. Um, Who else on stage or down there? I see you, Becky, and I see Jen and Dale, Kelly, Jaden, so many other people. Uh, If you want to come on up and contribute to this conversation or ask any questions, feel free. But What's coming up for you guys? Is it the reason this whole thing started was I had I am asked at this time of year more than any other time, should I raise my rates? Is it time? Because people think in terms of annual increases. They always do. They're like, well, it's the beginning of the year. It's probably time for me to do my annual increase. And I kind of push back and question that. I'm like, why? Why does it have to happen at the top of every year? Like what's going on there? And so that's why we started talking about increasing rates and pricing. Um, but Kelly, welcome on, welcome up on stage with us, guys. Kelly, you can also join. Kelly has a, a Facebook group. I think it's, um, I'm expanding your profile right now. Yep. Peace to Profits Coaching Group. You can uh, click on her profile, find out more. She definitely is about giving value on Clubhouse. But Kelly, I would love to know what you would like to contribute. Hey there. So I just, the only thing I want to contribute, um, no tips or anything, I guess, but an exercise that um, one of my coaches had me do. Um, I, I did, I do have several offers at several price points and they made me so uncomfortable. And I kind of was I don't want to say convinced, but coerced is what it felt like into um, these offers that I just wasn't um, attached to. And um, she had me do an exercise that was so valuable. Um, she had me list out all of the the certifications, all of the trainings, all of the degrees, and all of the topics in the degrees that I that I cover um, that I that I use to speak to my clients. And just look at that, and just say to myself, "This is what." you are able to offer. And um, when I did that, and we did another exercise where she helped me put a price to it, you guys have no idea how expensive or valuable my offer is now. So now I have them at three different price points um, so that I'm able to, or investment levels as I like to call them, so that I'm able to um, to reach more people. But um, I needed to see that. I needed to see, because you guys have two master's degrees. I needed to see all of what I've accomplished as an as a um, as a person in academia, I needed to see that in writing so that I, even as a coach, um, could feel like I, you know, I'm really. I'm really getting, you know, paid for um, the value that I'm able to contribute. So um, a lot of us go through that, but I think that exercise for me really, really helped. And I had to look at it often, um, every day, just to fix my mindset around, Kelly, this is what you offer people. This is what you offer people. You sat in classes, you sat in trainings. This is what you offer people. So um, I don't know if that's worth anything, but I really appreciate this conversation and it absolutely resonates with me. I have no problem now talking about my offer. None whatsoever, but I did at one point. So hopefully that helps. I'm Kelly. I'm complete for now. Oh, I love that. And that confidence piece becomes important too, right? When people are like, whoa, 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 how do I get the perfect pricing for my perfect package, for my perfect offer for my, it's like, you don't, you just start with a price and you start with a package and you start with an offer and you make it and it's not going to be perfect. And then the more that you get confident with that, like the more it's, you know, you'll feel like Kelly's where she's like, I have no problems talking about that now. And that makes it so much easier to also, um, 
kind of like charge different pricing, right? Like that, this is why I'm a big fan of smaller incremental increases over the course of a year than I am one big increase that feels very arbitrary to me. So like if I get three people, like I remember when my coaching was, let's say it was $500 a month, right? Three people in a row, in a row, like it had to be yes, yes, yes. Three people in a row, no, no objections, no, no. Like all three people said yes. Boom, it was time for me to increase my coaching rates by a small amount, maybe $100, $125, 150 And then after three people at that rate in a row said yes, then I increased again. And because I was more confident increasing as I had an easier time talking about my offer and getting people to sign on at a rate and like having that, that more, that like greater experience that we talk about. So there don't, the confidence piece goes hand in hand with what you can charge, charge what you feel confident with because, and you don't have to feel no fear around it. That's not the same, but if you feel way disconnected from the price and you don't bet, you don't believe in it and you doubt it. And, and even if you think you sound like the most confident freaking person in the world, people are going to feel that energy on the other end and they're not going to feel solid about your pricing. So like start somewhere and start where you feel good. Start where you feel confidence start where you feel where it's easy for you to quote that price and just know you're not locked into it you can build from there as your confidence grows so can so can your rate so i love that you said that gary hi how are you i'm on in the afternoon gary i'm so excited i'm good for everybody who doesn't know gary i don't know where you've been (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been on Clubhouse before, but click on Gary's profile. Find out all about him. He helps creators make uh, make a lot of money, especially an expert around NFTs and cryptocurrency. Gary, I would love to know your thoughts around just this pricing in general. How can people tell if they're underpricing? What are some tips or tools or strategies that you have that may make them feel a little more connected or confident with with how they're pricing? Well, great question, Rita. Um, I actually used to do exactly what you did uh, or what you do is, is if I got three people to say yes to me, then I'd raise my prices some. And I just keep raising my prices and raising my prices until I started to get no's. I would always get an energetic yes first. And then when I dropped the price, if they said, mm, or they backed away, I knew it was money. I've always wanted to know like, you know, are we going to work together and, and stuff like that? Um, so I knew if it was a real money equation. I used to do that. I don't anymore. I I kind of flipped and now it's more the market kind of sets my prices for almost all of my services. So, you know, selling a a cryptocurrency or an NFT, it, the, the kind of the norm is people buy in early and some people sell as they grow and some people value it more. Like I'll give you a really, really real example. Um, I had one of my supporters buy some NFTs. He bought 11 of them. And for those 11 NFTs, he spent about, I don't know, maybe $2,000 or something like that. Not much money. And he owned them and that had 11. Well, I had a unique utility if you own 25 of them. And he knew about this unique utility last week. And he could have went and bought the other 14 of them for about $3,000. And he chose not to. And because he chose not to, he sent me $16,000 yesterday because the price went up. Because it pricing really comes down to supply and demand. You can charge as much as people are willing to pay. And, and you just have to have enough demand to support that price at the, the quantity or the scale that you want. 
So moving into the way I price most of my services now with, with crypto or, or on the blockchain with NFTs, people really set the price for what they're willing to pay. Imagine, you know, Rita, if you said I have 20 spots available and you had so much demand that all 20 of your spots were taken. And then imagine if one of your people said, I don't really want to work with Rita anymore. It happens. I don't know why they would ever not want to work with you, but it happens. And then imagine if they could say, well, I've got this spot. Well, Rita, you still got your 20 spots. So I'm going to sell this spot to somebody else. And then the, the price, well, what if the price is $10,000? Well, if they can sell it for that, then that's what you're worth. Somebody else would value it at that point because there's no spots left. So, you know, looking and changing pricing into letting the market kind of control the demand and, and letting, you know, growing and building your, your demand up really big and then limiting your supply is, is where I focus a ton of my time and energy right now. Um, I know it's different, but it's, it's, it's quite fun. Um, it lets me make a ton more money than if I was charging what I thought I would charge. Yeah, well, and it's, it's a good strategy from a couple of points in your business, like that limiting uh, your ability, you know, to have so many spots open for a program or so many spots for private coaching or so it also helps you run your business, right? It's about more than just like urgency and that sense of demand and, and being able to drive your prices, although 100%. Yes, I mean, look at toilet paper and COVID, guys, right? Like as supply went down, guess what? The prices went up, right? We saw it with the gas, the, the gas leak or the, the pipeline thing that happened uh, a couple of months ago and the lack of gas at gas stations and people were willing to pay a lot more to have this, but also it helps you really run other areas of your business well when you're not just like this open-ended, never-ending faucet of taking a million clients at one time and never knowing who you're serving and when you're serving them. And you can like definitely predict your, your business model as well. Guys, I want to get to Jaden only because I have to wrap this room at two o'clock today because I uh, actually have a client that I talked to at two o'clock and this conversation has really got going. And so we're going to be back. I'm going to be back in the afternoon, guys. You guys got me to come back, not only in the morning, I'll be here in the afternoons again too. So I'm really excited about that. But Jaden, hello. I would love to know what you'd like to uh, contribute around this conversation, guys. Uh, Jaden helps uh, D uh, to C ed tech brands really scale. So he's great at branding and positioning, helping you hire better and optimize your marketing. Uh, but Jaden, let us know your thoughts, Rob. Hey, Rita. Nice. Thanks for bringing me up. Uh, yeah, I had a quick thought that I could share, and this one kind of, if you're in customized services, maybe you're uh, providing something like what I do, strategy, or anything along those lines, one thing to remember is that value is in the eyes of the client, but the price is in your hands. So what tends to happen is we may set the price, and we often set it based on what we think someone would pay. But that is often a huge mistake because value is subjective. So if you're able to have a conversation with someone and you're able to find out how they see the problem, that will give you a much better idea, at least for customized services, a much better idea of what price you, um, they could they would be willing to pay. And the thing is, as a quick example, if someone has, let's say, a $3 million problem, and you have a $300 solution, they may not give you the time of day because in their mind, that solution cannot possibly work. However, if you present that $300 solution as let's say a $30,000 or $300,000 solution, then they'll buy in. So part of it is having the empathy to recognize how the client sees their problem and then you can price accordingly. So I hope that Oh, such a good point. I mean, there is no better way to find out than talking to your market. 
like, guys, I will, I will hands down, like learning from your market, what they're willing to pay, what they, what they think the challenges are, what they think the value is of solving those challenges, like everything that Jaden, follow Jaden, guys. <laughs> I'm going to follow Jaden, follow Jaden. I'm so glad you hopped up here, uh, Jaden, because that was such a great, great input and, and great insight. Um, guys, we are at the 156 mark. I am so sad to cut this conversation uh, short because I think we could talk about pricing forever. But but I did pin the link to the top for my free. This is completely free uh, pricing and packaging masterclass. It's happening November 18th. Even if you can't be there live, you'll get the replay and the workbook if you're registered. So what do you have to lose? But if this is an issue, how do I package? How do I price? How do I increase my rates? How do I communicate it? Like, how do I have a holiday special? Like all of these things are going to be covered in that masterclass. So feel free to click on it and register. I would love to have you uh, join or at least uh, participate after when you work through the materials. And I will be back. I will be back in the afternoons through this club. This is a, a, a relatively new club of mine. I haven't run very many rooms under this club, all in entrepreneurs. So feel free to click on the little green house, join this club because I'm going to start running more afternoon rooms here around all of the conversations we've been having, pricing, differentiation, um, customer experience, the customer journey, like every little piece of productivity and, and your audience and community building and so much more. So I hope you'll join me because I've really enjoyed today. But um, I'd love to know if anyone on stage has any final thoughts as we get ready to to close out the room today um, on on pricing. And do you feel like your prices are, are good right now? Is, is raising your pricing something you are thinking about? Like, is there a new offering that you have? Any other tip or suggestion you want to leave everyone who's listening? Because we appreciate you even if you didn't come up on stage. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Anybody want to close out by saying any final thoughts? Um, I did. I wanted to say, I think you told me this. I heard it somewhere, though. But like, you know, take a deep breath and think of a number and raise your like raise your price until you're scared of that number. <laughs> and then that's what it's, it should be right, you know, but I will say for me, I, you know, I've been playing around with my prices, I'm definitely starting to raise them again, just because I'm getting a lot of yeses. And, you know, and I'm also, I can see what my team is doing in terms of the engagement we're creating and that, you know, the community building. So I definitely think it's time for me to raise um, prices. So I'm, I'm going through that now, but yeah, mate, you know, you should be scared of your prices. Like you should take a deep breath before you tell somebody and go, okay, I got this. So that's, that's what I have to say. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you get to that point, right, the nose feels scary, but you need fewer yeses. You need fewer yeses. So you can afford more nos too. Um, who else? Anybody else want to, want to chime in with a tip or a suggestion or just a final thought or like anything around this topic before we close out? Going once, going twice. Becky, go ahead. And then Rosie. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, remember, like, your prices aren't set in stone. Like, have fun testing them out. What I always do is I don't put any prices. And, and yes, I do put some prices on my website. Oh, my God. Um, but I do. I do make some public knowledge. But I never do it until I've tested it out. So, like, just... It's fine. You can tell one person one price and another person another price. That is okay. So just have fun with it um, and don't get stressed into thinking that you're locked into yeah, that's it. Like you, that's the joy of running your own business. You're not locked in. You can change anything at any time. So good. Um, Rosie, what were you going to say? As we just want to say thank you and also part of me was thinking of of doing some sort of like patreon thing and i'm thinking no because that means i can't necessarily change things so frequently and, and because i am just starting out 
that probably will happen quite a bit. So thank you so much for this uh, amazing uh, that's such a good conversation, too, guys. I could talk about pricing and baggaging all day long, and Rosie just brought up a re- – I don't know if you're going to be in the masterclass or not or if you're at least going to sign up for it, Rosie, but if so, we can talk about that a little bit offline, too, about active income, leveraged income, and passive income, and maybe this will be a future room, and how do they fit in to a business model all the way around. So I will be back probably around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, one or two o'clock in the afternoons, maybe three days a week. Um, so just watch in the All in Entrepreneur for these afternoon rooms to pop up. I hope that more of you will join and we'll have more conversations around topics that will help you really step into the next level of your business and really grow it. And of course, I'll still be in the Wake Up and Win rooms under the Wake Up and Win Club in the morning as well. So um, hope to see you then. And Lisa, Stephanie, Becky, and and everyone, Andy, Rosie, Jaden, and everyone below. Hi, Nini, Caitlin, everybody. I'm, I could read all of your names. I'm not going to, but I do see you all. I appreciate you all. And I'd love to learn more about you. So if there are ever any topics you want us to talk about or any thoughts that came up for you, always feel free to direct message me on Instagram. Here is not the best, but direct message me on Instagram. And I would love to get to know you better. So thank you. And thank you guys for being here today. Bye, Rita. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamimidoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.